here's the situation, folks. Today, today we're talking about jobs. And no, I don't mean the previous owner of Apple computers. I'm talking about work. You know, things that you do for a living. Whether it being mowing the lawn, babysitting, walking dogs, or updating file servers. There are so many jobs out there and everybody's done crazy ones at that. Both good and bad. So we're going to take a little trip down memory lane here and relive some of our best and worst job experiences because this this is the parking lot podcast where your friends kate latimer maggie prince elise bailey and myself ella Janetta, get together and talk about the things we love the things we're working on and maybe how one time i kicked a gallon of paint down someone's driveway who knows you'll have to listen and find out hey enjoy the show yeah yeah How's I, everybody's week? Should we just <laughs> just go into it? Fuck Maggie, right? Maggie who's like... Uh, <laughs> oh no, go tell your story. Uh, 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 <laughs> speak your truth. Yeah. I, I literally had nothing to say. I think I just wanted to like make a sound because it was silent for a second. So I was like, that's how I'll contribute. I'll just go... Uh, go call. And I thought maybe something would come and it didn't. Okay. That, that's your truth. Well, you can oh. make your sound now by telling us how your great week oh, was. Oh, okay. Um, my week was uh, very nice. Um, I've been house sitting again, uh, which is very fun. I've been painting a lot. I had uh, dinner and drinks with my sisters the other night um, or like earlier this week. And that was like very, very, very fun. Uh, my sister is like leaving quite soon. She's like moving to Boston. Um, and I haven't really been like taking it too seriously. I was like, cause she's like moved before and like both of my sisters have moved before I've moved before. I've just always gone under the assumption that like they'll be moving back in two to three years or four years. And I just like never considered otherwise. And then I think it like really hit me that night that like she's not moving back probably cause she's like an academic and you kind of, and she's a very specific, specific, like polymers chemistry material i don't she'll probably listen to this and be like that's not what i do <laughs> but um like those jobs don't come up at a, like just anywhere so like the coincidence of her getting a professor job like in toronto at the exact same time that she needs a job would just be like very yeah, yeah. so i don't know i it, it it's been like kind of a hard week after that realization like it's been mm-hmm. yeah i'm pretty bummed about it but Sorry. yeah i don't know why i'm talking about that sad shit but no that's very <laughs> yeah and we just like had such a nice night like me me and my sisters and it was it was really nice nice yeah well now it just means you have somewhere else to go visit i know now i get to like go to boston i get to like go to st patrick's day where everybody like wants to go to st patrick's day we found chowder dunkin donuts yeah eat some dunkin donuts me and kaylee have already been talking about like going to in october to visit ellie for like thanksgiving potentially and like yeah. dumping tea in the river yeah mm-hmm. it, I love that. of course that yeah. can i come to boston at some point too of course. Yeah, yeah. You can drive. Yeah, they, yeah, they have yeah, a really yeah, cool, yeah. I'll need you to drive me. <laughs> they have a really cool aquarium. Oh, I'd love to go to the Boston. Let's go to the aquarium. Yeah. Should we drive out in the fall and maybe go to the aquarium? Ellie sure. yep. would love the visitors. Um, Kate, how's your week? Um, well, excuse me. Oh, what? Well, there's a big thing that happened on Monday. Oh, yeah, yeah. I hung out with my... I was going to say, I think Elliot should go next. I hung out with my friend Elliot. Elliot, how was your week? <laughs> Sounds so remember like such a remember me. Yes. I asked. I mean, um, we hang out. We like, uh, but it was a very, it was like a, it was a very fun night. On Monday, me and Maggie went out for drinks, and we were supposed to go to the place that we normally go to, called the gym. Great place. They're closed on Mondays, just to let everybody know. Don't go there on Monday. So we walked up. There's a place on St. Clair called uh, Tapworks, which we'd only been one other time before, and. It's nice to sit on the street. And we had this like really kind of energetic. How would you describe our waiter? He was very like fun and kind of upbeat. Yeah, he looked he, he felt like like an Applebee's server. Like he is at the beginning of the Applebee's. Did like he not tell before you he's his been name? beaten down by the system. Yeah, he for sure told us his name. Hey, I'm Alan. I'll be serving you. Let me know if there's anything I think, I can get you. I think you. his name is David. David didn't acknowledge me really, but kept on calling Elliot Bud and yeah. Buddy. 
Yeah. Who do you think you two are on a date? We had a rapport. I don't know. I don't think or so. Weird sibling energy. I don't think so because he kept no. looking right at me when he was talking. And oh, he was yeah. David in love? I don't, I don't know. We go there and you know you have your little awkward thing. Be like, oh, can I have this beer? And he's like, oh, you know it's in a can. I was like, oh, I didn't want the can. What was on tap? He's like, no, you got to flip it over to the other side. And so we both ordered this like Mexican beer. He's like, oh, this beer is so great. It's got like a nice bite to it. Actually, pairs perfectly with two shots of tequila. I'm gonna bring those out for you guys too. We're like, oh, okay. And then we're like, wait up a second. He's like, okay, we'll pause on the tequila. We'll we'll come back. And then every beer What's he brought. Was he gonna make you pay for the tequila? Every or free shots. No. No. Every beer he brought back. He's like tequila shots now until. I don't know, beer number three, we're like, let's do it. And then he, like, the perfect sales tactic got us to buy yeah. two shots. I was like, yeah. what a genius salesman. Yeah, and it so worked. He did, those weren't on the house. No. 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 They just, he just, like, wore us down. And I don't by think the, you can keep offering tequila to people. He was really oh, charming yes, about it, you, though. He was. It, I, we weren't, we were, like, laughing about it. And then by the time we ordered it, it was, like, a inside joke between us and we were like i guess we gotta do it yeah now. and every time i would go up to the bathroom he's like i'm pouring him now or like something yeah. like calling it to me while i'm going down to the bathroom i was like he's he we won't be able to leave until he until he pours it'd be, them it'd be last call and he'd be like tequila let's go david yeah. is a genius he was one yeah. of the best waiters I've had in a very long David time. That sounds really manipulative, <laughs> and I'm sorry for your experience. He was manipulative, but nice, so I'm okay with that. Yep. He sounds like he was sexually harassing you <laughs> and pressuring you to drink. I was fine with it. And I enjoyed every second. I invited it. I enjoyed every second of it, and too. And we were there. We were the last people there. They were closing the bar when we were leaving. How many rounds of beer did you guys have? Oh, my God. Way more than you could ever handle, Kate. <laughs> you, like, count on your fingers and, like... Add and then like, add like 25. Uh, yeah, then add 25. Yeah. How many rounds of beer? They just put the keg on our table yeah. at one point. <laughs> Anyways, we were like getting up to leave because he was both literally... Did you have dinner beforehand? Mm-hmm. Yeah, light dinner. Yeah, of course. Were you were you smoking intermittently? No. No. So there... Those are the two differences anyway. Okay, whatever. Come up with your excuse. Anyway, we were leaving and then he's like, he's cleaning up the tables or whatever. And then he says like, all right, guys, see you next Monday. And then just like, we're like, okay, see you next Monday. Like, ooh. <laughs> like kind of. Yeah, new really tradition. Funny. Are you going to go next Monday? Well, of course, yeah. I'll be, right, I'll be there right when they open. <laughs> Other than that, great evening. I watched The Incredible Hulk yesterday, continuing the Marvel thing. Incredible Hulk, not that great. Not so incredible? No. It is like that weird movie that wasn't made by Marvel that is now associated with him because like Edward Norton is in and like all these other people. And like the Hulk is like really gross and kind of thin and veiny in it. Ew. Yeah, it's fun. And there's like a lot of like shots of like in those like early 2008 movies where like people are typing and like reacting to the typing and you're just like reading out. You just have to read what they're typing out to each other on the computer. It's just like a lot of people like... Yeah, oh, like kind of stuff like that. Where like they're like just Mr. Green and Mr. Blue. Anyway, if you're gonna watch any of those movies, maybe skip that one. The other show that I've watched also on Apple was that new Joseph Joseph Gordon Levitt show, Mr. Oh. Corman. I watched the first two episodes with my mom, and I, I was like, it's not a great show, but it like it really depicts someone going through anxiety in a way that I was like, oh, I've I've been through that, and I feel it. I can almost. It's like the most clear representation of how I've gone through it in a TV show. Oh, that's great. So I was like very surprised. Okay. Kate, how was your week? <laughs> my week was good. I did another uh, all day pilgrimage to the beaches with mm, my... Oh my God, get over it. This I went to the water filtration treatment plant and I had such a good time. Just fucking work there. I fucking love it so much. My dad is a... Uh, 60s Greg is an architect. And I said, dad, if you can somehow get... Uh, a private tour of the water filtration plant. You'll be my favorite person in the whole world. You'll be my favorite dad. You'll be my favorite dad. So it's like, it's when Bruca Salt says like, I want a pony. My version is I want a private tour of our water filtration plant. <laughs> I, I'm obsessed. Um, and then on Monday I saw my old coworkers and um, I hadn't seen them in a year and a half. They're all a bunch of like 23 year olds. And I just decided I was going to invite myself because I'm still part of their group chat on Instagram. Mm. So they were all getting together and I was like, hey, can I come by and say hi? And everyone was like, yes, of course. Like, no, no, no. Very nice. I show up. And my boss is there and he goes, oh my God, kid, I had my like old Byron. Boss, sorry, my old <laughs> boss was there. And I was like, oh, Ian, what are you doing here? He's, I had no idea you were going to be here, Kate. And I was like, um, ditto. Yeah. 
Turns out I had showed up in the, he starts making a speech about how this has been such a hard year. It was a staff appreciation. He bought them dinner. There was, oh, <laughs> was <okay>. beer. <laughs> and he was like, the, uh, thank you guys for, for getting through this crazy year. Blah, blah. I have not worked there for. Yeah. You were like, oh, yeah. <laughs> and it was just so clearly like, and I kept trying to like make a joke of it. I was like, but mostly me, huh? And, and there's just like, no one was having any of it it was like a very serious speech so um i left not no i stayed for (laughs) okay good good while and then but i texted him the next day to be like thank you for having me also i'm really sorry i didn't realize (laughs) i told yeah my ex-co-workers and no one mentioned it but i should have talked to you but it was so nice about it he was like you never need to text ever to check if you can come and i was like oh yeah like are you hiring (laughs) (laughs) it did make me miss it a lot because i loved them a lot um i went for drinks at d bar and uh which is the bar of the four seasons i know the the hostess no big deal lizanne shout out to you baby thanks for seating us she gave us free dessert baby wow did she pile you with tequila, tequila, taquito shots? Taquitos? So you're <laughs> no, play I taquitos? had like an Aperol spritz apt- um, cocktail. Nice. I've been craving Aperol spritz. Oh, Oliver started making Aperol spritz and oh. Oliver makes a really good Aperol spritz. Elise, how was your week? Whew. Oh, you guys, as you know, um, I started a new job and last week was a lot of chilling. And let me tell you, this week was not a lot of chilling. Um, I, it's a weird environment because everybody has worked on this show for two seasons. There's a few new people, but a lot of people, it's like it's like a well-oiled machine. And I think some people assume that I'm just like uh, a new grad who doesn't know how to do anything. But then there are a few people that are aware that I've had other industry work. So it's a little technically you are fresh out of school. Technically, I am fresh out of school. They're not wrong to assume that. So it's a lot of people throwing things at me as a test. Other people throwing things at me knowing that I can do it. And other people just being like, I don't know, you seem kind of dumb. So I'm not going to ask you to do anything overall. Everybody's really nice, but it's kind of like dating in the sense that like I have to unlearn a lot of things about my about Byron because we were very close and we worked really well together. And then you're learning a whole new person. I have to be like, oh, right. You're not late for things or early for things or like you don't want to stay up for three days. You want to go to bed by 9 p.m. <laughs> Byron told me he also feels that way now. Mm, yeah I'm sure (laughs) Um, but today we had this uh, like a concept meeting with all of the department heads so this is like the first time it was on zoom this is the first time that like everybody's going over the script together so they're going over the first couple of episodes and and there's been a lot of pre-meetings to kind of prepare for this for being like this person's going to be worried about this and this person's going to have a lot of questions about this and we need to kind of field these so being in on all these conversations I was like nice I'm excited and my job is just I'm the zoom host let everybody in and take notes and uh, the meeting starts, everybody trickles in. One of the producers is like, okay, Elise, so uh, yeah, just go ahead and share all the materials. And I was like, ooh, what do you mean? He's like, yeah, just go ahead, share screen. And I was like, oh, no worries. I was like, I enabled it for everybody. Everybody can screen share. This is like a 30 person meeting. And I was like, everybody can screen share. He's like, no, I don't want that. I want you to screen share. You're the host. And I was like, uh, and I was like texting my coworker and I was like, I'm really nervous about sharing and taking notes at the same time. And she's like, don't worry, I'll take notes. You just share. She's like, do you have everything? And I was like, no. So I'm like quickly like emailing the AD. I'm like, ah, I don't have that. And I'm like downloading all the scripts quickly. And so the AD who's leading the meeting, right? Like he's the one going through the scripts and like summarizing them being like, these are call outs. So him and I over zoom, not having prepared this have to just kind of like be in tandem. Oh. So as he's like going through the scripts, I have to like change the page and like highlight things and like make sure everybody's looking at the same thing. It was like incredibly nerve wracking. Why wouldn't the person who was talking about the scripts like share the screen? He was prepared to do that, like the AD, but it's like the producer was the one who was like, at least you share screen, but the AD was the one leading the meeting and You're so supposed to take notes yeah but i mean it was fun there are other people there to take notes like everybody pretty much had like their department head and then like their um direct report so i knew that like and a lot of these things have already been talked about in side conversations this was just like the overall larger one but anyways it was very nerve-wracking because i like had to pay attention very thoroughly and i was like oh my god okay he's gonna say this yet i know he's gonna say this next because we talked about it on tuesday so make sure you zoom in on that part um, yeah, so that was really nerve wracking. And then there was a point where like I opened all the scripts and minimized them. And then 
I, my email kept popping up because <laughs> I didn't like you guys were texting me too. And it was coming up on the screen and I could you read our messages. Yeah. And oh. I was trying to hide the conversation on my phone, but then I realized it didn't do that on my laptop. So everyone, so it was just like Kate being like, yeah, I'd love that. <laughs> and me like quickly hitting it out of the way. And then my email came up it and it like, been much worse. <laughs> yeah, it like interrupted the whole presentation. And then I accidentally closed the script while screen sharing. And I was like, Ugh. I was like, Give me a second, everybody. I'm really sorry. And I like interrupted him half sentence. I was like, I'm sorry, Mark. I'm sorry. Oh. He was like, it's fine. Just chill. And afterwards, like one of the other producers, the executive producer, she was like, really good job today. And I was like, thank you so much. Am I fired? Oh. Um, but yeah, so stay tuned. I will be updating you guys as I'm legally allowed with uh, information. Um, but yeah. I. How do you get to work every morning, Elise? <laughs> so bitter. And my coworker picks me up and she drives me to work and then she drops me off at the end of the day. Is your coworker's name Kate? No, it's not. <laughs> I'm fucking replaced. <laughs> Took three days and I'm fully, fully replaced. I just was honest up front. I was like, I want you to know that I that I can't drive. And she was like, that's okay. And um, I thought you were going to say, I want you to know that I, I already have a driver. <laughs> no. And I'll never take her place. I was just like, and she was like, how do you get to work? And I was like, I take the streetcar. And she was like, you don't really have to do that. Technically, you're on my way in. And I was like, okay. Well, that sounds like a wonderful little job that you've got there. Thanks. And speaking of jobs, why don't we run down the rabbit hole of jobs that we've had, jobs that were great, jobs that were not so great, jobs that you wish you had that you never will have. Bug or escort. jobs that you think that... Are cool that you're never gonna get bug escort. Uh, coming from someone who is currently looking for a job. Uh, How's the, your job search going? Oh my god, it is so frustrating, and I get so much anxiety like in the moment of doing it. Be like, I'm just not gonna work again if this is all this work that you have to put into just applying for all these jobs and all this kind of stuff. But I've applied to a handful, and then the ones that respond to you right away, you know, you're not supposed to take because it's a red flag. But hopefully, one of them will reply. I don't think that's true. Where did yeah, you read that? I don't, what? Well, the one that did reply to me right away is Cineplex movie theaters, and I'm and I don't want to work. And there. they were well, like, that's an a adult? job you don't want. An adult? Yeah, come yeah. here. Yeah. But it's not a red flag. It is. It's for me. It's for me. It's a red flag. Okay. So if you like, it's like shitting where I eat. I don't know why you would apply for Cineplex. No, but then. But hmm. what if you found like a little cool indie agency who wanted you to come on as like part-time actor, part-time producer? Yeah, and that'd be great. <laughs> instantly emailed you back. That'd be almost too good to be true. So I'd probably just feel like get there and then they just steal my wallet or like <laughs> break my knee or just something. Like, just come to this back alley. And you're I mean, gonna this die sounds today. great. Take his pants. Yeah. Then that's, that'd be I relate it. to that sometimes when like, it's you know, David. when you are like on a the bartender. Like commuting somewhere and you're like taking the TTC and just like your streetcar comes at the exact moment that you like walk over there and then you get to the subway and the subway comes as soon as you walk down and you're not like running at all. Everything is just like perfectly aligning and you haven't planned any of it. That's actually never happened to me. But that, I can when imagine. That, when that happens to me, I'm like You're like, I'm winning life. No, I think I think I'm gonna die today. <laughs> Those are like the only days where I'm like, I'm glad to be alive. No, this is I what think it means. VR is broken. Yeah, I'm, I'm like, like uh, I, I'm gonna get somebody's gonna push me. <laughs> I'm like, this is what it means to live in a civilization. Anyway, what? Let's start off here. What was everybody's first job? My first job was well, I babysat when I was like twelve. Oh yeah, so I used job. to do a lot of babysitting. What's it? I mean, I was yeah. doing like pretty full time. It wasn't full time, but it was sure. like in the summers I was babysitting <laughs> 12 all day. hour days. <laughs> um, but I guess my first real job was camp counselor. Yeah. Camp counselor. And how was that experience for you? It was it was amazing. It was really. I guess I was 17. That's late for a first job. Hmm. Anyway, I was 17 and it was the first time I had to like get paid to go into an office and do work. And I was like, I cannot believe people do this. And um, and I'll just like go to work and they'll pay me for this. It just felt really yeah. surreal. And uh, camp is a weird experience because it's so tiring. If you're anyone in childcare knows. And when you're working summers and it was YMCA camp, um, and everyone was like, you're going to make the best friends of your life, blah, 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 blah. <gasps> and I don't think I made any friends that first summer. 
Really? Yeah. Like uh, Jamie Miller, shout out to Jamie Miller, was there that summer, but we did not speak. Um, But I just kept coming back to camp summer after summer until I did end up best friends for the rest of my life and then I became the program head and then I became the director of the whole camp by the end of it what kind of responsibilities does the director have the director um hires the staff they uh so they interview everyone they take in the resumes and then they they run the camp you hired Maggie I, I just, hired Maggie. Well, I just realized that my first ever official like interview for an actual job was by Kate. Lord. <laughs> and I forgot she was coming. Yeah. Someone my... had to text me and be like, there's the girl downstairs. And it was a really bad interview. Yeah. Well, you didn't have any job experience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That yeah. was bad. But it, you, were... you still got it. Got well, because she, she, not because you were friends of... Kiara, who also worked there. Mm-hmm. But because of that, you came over to my house that night. Yeah, with Sarah Gordon. Yeah. We came over. <laughs> That's so weird to be like, yeah. hey, I, I just interviewed with you, but can I come here? Well, house? Sarah was going over and I was like, I went so terribly, Sarah. Oh my God. And then Sarah's like, well, I'm going to see her tonight. Like, do you want to just come? And like, I know it'll be awkward, but like, just come. It'll make it better. And I did, and it made it worse. And then I was like, oh, she's so cool. I have to hire her. So do you think if that didn't happen, you wouldn't have hired Maggie? No, I would have had to hire her. Yeah, but you I would have wanted to hire off. her. If you would have hired me, that was, yeah. <laughs> but I was nervous before that. And then that night I was like, oh, you're great. Yeah. Yeah, but, I am great. No, but, I just, that was a really bad interview. Because I, I just like, I don't, uh, I'm not very good at public public speaking um as you guys know well an interview i don't think is public but to, to me it to or person? just like it is like it is enough enough that it, it's like presenting it's mm-hmm. like i and i yeah i just was and the why interviews are really intense it's like considering you're a 16 year old with no job experience it's a lot of like describe an example of when you overcame a challenge in a leadership role or like yeah. and there's one you have like a board of people in front of you taking notes mm-hmm. there like you get interviewed by multiple people and it's very very like ex- like explain a time that you've worked with children and like something went wrong and how did you deal with it yeah um how quickly did they make you do a drug test oh instantly peed before, before you came in before i spoke <laughs> But I loved that job. I really, at that time I wanted to be a teacher and I loved working with kids and, um, it was, it was the hardest job I've had to date. It was really like nothing else, but like the most fun I've also had at Mm -hmm. a job. I also loved it a lot. Yeah. Um, Maggie, what was your first job? So you just said my, so <laughs> like you, I had like some unofficial first jobs. Like I worked, me and my sisters like in during the summer would, or during the year too, like when my dad had big catering jobs, and I feel like Ellie, you could probably relate to that growing up would just be like cleaning vegetables and washing dishes for him. Um, but that wasn't like a, that was that was doing like extra chores that wasn't like a real job and then I also um during like summer working for girls what no I can just see Elliot not relating to that in his head what? Did you, when you were times. a kid did you not like clean vegetables no yeah. I had to yeah. f- I had to file papers I could see that no, in his head, I, him I mean like, like not no, like now I mean when you were like no back then spe- that's what when I had you were like to do. 15 they're like file these customer oh papers. yeah no yeah, you were never paperwork you were never <laughs> cleaning vegetables really I, no I can your dad would not bring the vegetables home so no, oh you weren't going to the shop I guess yeah no I was going to the store but I was going to the office where I was told to file paperwork when I was done school yeah, I guess it, I guess our dads do like there's they're different they're different jobs. Um, well, but, my dad knows like I can get Alfred to do it and he'll do it way faster than you and better. I hated it. It was hell. it was the worst yeah. hell on earth. That was like it was terrible, truly truly awful. Yeah, um, and you were a very uh, good hockey player. Yeah, that was like the other part of it is I always felt awkward when people like when my friends would talk about jobs in the summertime. Uh, because they would always have jobs and I wouldn't when I was a teen but I just was playing hockey like very very full time and I just like literally was at the hockey rink 
every single day until like 8 p.m. I just like there was no time for it. Um, so I would like volunteer at like girls hockey camps during the summer, but I didn't get paid for it. And that's like all the time I had. So like my first real job was the YMCA day camp. And that was also like, yeah, very, very fun. I think that was that's also weirdly enough been my favorite job. Because um, of your boss, right? Yeah, because my boss. I had the best boss ever. Um, she's great. It that was, was me. <laughs> I was taking it in. Yeah. But um, yeah, it was a. I think I like got to be. You just get to like play all day. And it's just like a good time. I feel like I would like watch other counselors like just like roll their eyes or like half and half like oh like kids or like just like not have, be having a good time. I'd be like, are you crazy? We're having so much fun. Like just like sign up for it and like go play soccer with them. Like it's fun. So it's I, I, also like, the hardest though. The oh, shit you have to deal with. Is yeah. Crazy. Oh my god. Yeah. I, yeah. It was truly exhausting. Like I've never been so physically exhausted in my life, and I like grew up playing sports like I you couldn't do anything it's like nothing else yeah. yeah I used to fall asleep if I tried to go out afterwards yeah. like in public places oh you still do that now <laughs> <laughs> when's the last time I did that fell asleep in a public place every time does right. our couch count no like, okay <laughs> then not in a long time at least what was your first oh, job at least what was your first job <laughs> <laughs> sorry um my first job was this is a hard question. I've been thinking a lot about this all day. So technically when I was 12, I worked at a clothing store in Kensington Market, but that was like kind of illegal and didn't really work out well. 12? Yeah, I was in middle school and I used to like hang out there in the summer. It was really weird. It was just like- That's illegal, right? It was just like an exchange for clothes. Like they wouldn't actually pay me. It was weird work experience. And then like, they didn't really fire me. It was so strange. Anyways, let's not count that. Um, And then I used to do dog walking. I used to like walk dogs- um, there was like a pet store also in Kensington Market that would like board dogs and I would walk them. Um, but my first like real, real job was I used to work at the CNE during the summers. So starting when I was like 15 or 16 for like two or three summers back to back, I would work at the, um, oh my God, I can't even remember the word for it now. Redemption. I'd work at the redemption booth. So that's like where if you bought your tickets online, you would like come and exchange them for a wristband. And like, and there was like this whole thing where you'd be like the team captain or like the people that put the wristbands on. There was a lot of <laughs> hierarchy there because like people wanted to work in like the ticket booths because that was like the competitive, like, I don't know what the incentive was. I was like, yeah, I'm happy with why? my job because I, if you worked in the ticket booth and you were like over or under that came out of your pay. But in Redemption, they, like, couldn't really get away with that because there was no cash being exchanged. It just kind of was like, oh, you fucked up and, like, maybe gave someone a wristband when you shouldn't have. Um, But I really enjoyed that. But now I'm thinking back and I'm like, what the hell did I spend my money on? Because, like, you really only work for a month. It's, like, August to September. Um, I do remember one summer I saved up my money to go on the New York trip at Rosedale in grade 12. Um, But before that, I think I probably just, like, ended up spending it at the CNE, like buying clothes and like things for school. Elliot, what was your first job? My first unofficial job that I didn't get paid for was a volunteer job. Um, Maggie, I don't know if you remember. Pole dancer? It, it went, yeah, it was. Bug escort? Volunteer pole dancer. <laughs> I do actually remember that. Wednesday night, the brass rail. Um, do you ever remember 14 at years old. Cottingham? Did you ever go to boys club or girls club? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So at Cottingham, they had a boys club and girls club. So like, I think it was on Tuesday nights, like you would just go to back to school around like 6 p.m. You just play sports with like these older kids for like three hours. It would be like older kids. It would be like three guys who had gone to Cottingham previously and are in probably grade nine at that point. And they're just like playing, like organizing games with like the, um, you would have been grade four or five or six or whatever. And then in grade nine or 10, I was one of the counselors for the boys club what so that sport was fun. did you teach them there was all sorts of it changed all the time we would like play like i don't know seven sports in three hours or something like that did it would you just know like how to change. play them yeah of course did i had a, been to boys club did you have a crush on anyone um probably the guy who ran it bill davis who was probably like 85 years old when i was there he was a real cool guy a hero yeah <laughs> like i don't remember having like a job job until like grade 10 or 11 what like, did you do then what was your job job well like i had i um my parents knew uh 
someone who was married to an architect and I had like ideas of going to architecture school. And he let me like for the summer, like sit in on his office and just like be there while they worked. And I was, you know, a kid and they didn't know how to do anything. So they're like, Oh, you can just like play in SketchUp all day or whatever. Just like build this house in this program. That's really cool. So you're doing like a co-op. It was like that. But then every once in a while they'd be like, okay, can you just like, do this Excel sheet for us. They were just like, whatever the lowest of the low person didn't want to do, they'd be like, maybe Ellie would want to do that. Or like take me on meetings with like the, they used to do like all the um, like police headquarters buildings in Ontario and like being in a meeting for like all that kind of stuff. And they were like, we have to have the dungeon jail. They were exactly. They were like, okay, well we're, we're doing this contract with this. That sounds cool. With this, It's cool. Like to look back on, but being in that meeting, it didn't feel very cool. That sounds cool. cool as fuck. I would love to be on a meeting where they're planning a police headquarters. Well, they were like, they were talking this hell. one time about this, there's police station where they're like, you know, in Skyfall, when uh, Javier Bardem is sitting in that room and the glass like changes from mm-hmm. solid to see-through. They're like, okay, well, we can have a room that's like that or we can build an entire second floor for your building and they were like where do you want this budget to go we're gonna do the second floor uh what's the worst job you guys ever had (laughs) great question what i'm currently in (laughs) no i meant parking lot this one (laughs) oh is it well you don't get paid (laughs) exactly volunteer work (laughs) you're volunteering my time (laughs) Um, I've had some bad jobs. The current one for you? No, I worked uh, at a butcher shop. Mm. I worked. Um, I worked at U of T for a while, but that that wasn't bad. Other than I like it was it was only middle aged people that I worked with. So if you have a bad job, but you have like fun people, it's all good. What'd you have to do at U of T? Um, I was I worked for Kiara's dad one year as he works in test and exam services. Oh no, he works in oh god accommodation services. He, d- he like uh, does he so figures fun. out all like the furniture and like the numbers for like auditoriums. He'll like uh, how <laughs> many chairs they need. Full like, time job. No, Just well, that's a, blow your hair back. That's like one job. very small part of what he does, but he basically organizes like exam schedules in this building. I know <laughs> he's in charge of all the exam schedules yeah. as well. Yeah, it's like a very complicated, very complex job. <laughs> but he, my job would entail just like walking around from building to building, telling him which chairs needed fixing and like how many, what I was like measuring steps for. I was like making big charts and yeah. spreadsheets and I had no idea what my role was there. And then he was like, ah, oh, so I don't think you're needed here. So he transferred me to test and exam services where I was just doing administration work. Um, for all the accommodated exams, which was truly a fucking crazy job because you'd be, it was just so busy. They were very understaffed and I was, I was like not making very good There's money, but of, you were working. Yeah. I was part time, but if I was there, I'd be there till like midnight. Wow. It'd be like the boss would pull in pizza and cause the exams the next day, you have to have it ready to go. Yeah. Cause so, you had to like format, like cause some people are like, I'm blind. And then other people are like, I just get anxious when I hold a pencil. So you have to like adapt it for each person, right? So they're fine. But sometimes you're like printing the test in Braille. And that takes a lot of organization. (laughs) If you fuck that up. And, you know, you have to get the exams for anyway. This is boring, but you have to get exams from profs and blah, blah, blah. But the job that was the worst was uh, a butcher shop that Maggie and I both worked at, actually. Yeah, that was my worst job, too. Did you get bullied? Did I get Who? bullied? Which one of yeah. us? Both of you. One of you was bullied. <sighs> Did you have to kiss the meat? I had to one time. Maggie was bullied, but she quit quite early on. I wasn't bullied. I was like one of those. Um, <laughs> they like, loved Maggie so much. Yeah, it was kind of like uh, it was the type of bullying where it's like a, a boy has a crush on a girl in like kindergarten. Like, like they slaps just, her with a piece of bacon. Yeah. And like I think, they just, they, I think Ben might have. Get whipped with a lamb chop. Because I remember telling him. You're talking about being on Tinder or something. I was asking if you were on Tinder. And I was like, well, she's or like what the guys on Tinder were like. And I was like, well, she she looks at the girls on Tinder and he didn't know you were gay. Yeah, that's the that 
I spent quite a while there or not even that long because I hated it but like these all these guys because it was like very much like bro culture like we were the only girls was, that worked there and I like, worked so hard to infiltrate I think they and really thought we were You're very like, good friends but none of them like knew I was gay and I was like not in the closet I just was like uh, quiet as a mouse and so I think, you don't walk in rooms going I'm gay. I'm gay no I don't do that but also like ask me a question about myself like uh, yeah they don't ask questions they just like but they uh, talked about you the entire time I worked there Maggie worked with me for two weeks two before weeks. you quit <laughs> yeah the rest of the time I was there was like what's Maggie up to it's Maggie the, Prince the silent the uh, the unknown they just and they like, dig up meanwhile so I was there, there trying my hardest to be part of the boys club like trying to make jokes trying to like like one up them on the practical <laughs> yeah <laughs> so you took it too far just like the the boss was just like not very nice truly the worst yeah no I think we were both like we could have dealt with like the bros but talking about football all day i was but. kind of friends with them by the end yeah but it was it was just like a weird environment <laughs> like the how would you know what were your what were your worst jobs well i worked at noodle bar and that was like a very high stress um i'm like i like a job where i'm like running around and running upstairs and like it's fast-paced and people it's like with the rest with like a busy restaurant it's wild because they truly believe that they're doing the most important job in the world and that if a dish goes out wrong or like um they've been overbooked or something it's like the end of the world so like dinner service on like a friday night people were like truly like yelling at each other like it was the apocalypse and we were like trying to gather everybody to like get onto the plane or something like it was <laughs> wild but i like kind of loved it but i also it was also like kind of a weird environment as most like kitchens are but yeah i i liked the people that i met there but there was also some in- intense people the worst job i ever had what was thank your worst you for job, asking Elliot? i was um, about to ask i worked for college pro painters one summer mm. with me and my friend callum and you go into that job thing you're like you know what maybe i'm just gonna find this newfound passion for painting i'm just gonna get really good at it i'm gonna work really hard i'm gonna do the best job that i can do two days in you're like fuck this job like the first day we had to go we had to meet it was like the whole crew of us going to paint this one person's house they were getting everything painted and my friend Callum was told to paint the front door and it had like huge chunks of wood missing and the the front door was bright red and bright red is like the most difficult color to paint with because if it gets on anything you have to paint so much over top of it to cover it and so you had to just like fill in these giant chunks of wood that were missing with like just caulking and like that like pink goo stuff and just like trying to paint it over red or whatever oh my god it was the worst and did it look good in the end no it looked terrible everywhere that we were like i was like everywhere we went by the end of it i was like i don't why would you hire college pro painters? Like, were you yeah. a good painter at some point? Did you figure it out? I think I'm a good painter. Like after the fact, like I can paint a room in my house. It won't be great. There'll be like fucking marks on the ceiling a little bit, but it's, it's not terrible, but I'm not saying that you have marks on your ceiling or anything, but like I was looking up to see if there were any, and you, you don't, you probably have this see like a actually bunch well. of marks. I don't see any. And one time we were painting this, this guy's like, trim like on like his pipe or something that was next to his house it was like white and like Callum was up on the ladder and you have to like do this like rope pulley thing to like pull the can of paint up so that he can have it up there with him while standing on the ladder oh my god and he started pulling it and it tipped (gasps) and the white paint fell all down and went straight down the driveway oh my god and we're like, oh my God. So I had to call my friend Connor, who was my supervisor. And I was like, not an alarm. Not anything too crazy has happened. But we spilt uh, a can of paint down the, <laughs> the the driveway. And he was like, it just doesn't answer for like 10 seconds. He's like, you have to, you have to figure that out. You have to clean it up. And so like we just like went to his backyard and then we found a hose and then we just had to hose off the fucking driveway until it until we were like just praying that it didn't dry or whatever. And we got most of it off, but there's probably still a good chunk of just like a paint stain like in the middle of this person's driveway. Just like all sorts of like crazy stuff that would happen or like. I like that your supervisor was like, 
You're going to have to figure that one out. Well, he was like the guy I went to school with. Like he was the guy who got me that job. And like, just like stuff like Callum would like having to like stand on a ladder that is like so close to the house that it's basically parallel to the house. And then like painting something with that ex- super extended roller that's like 25 feet long. And then like kind of rolling some uh like like just like a trim on the person's roof or something and he can't even see it because if he looks up he's just going to tilt backwards and fall and i was like just left right left up down up down or whatever just like it is really fun to look back at it now but at the time that was it was a horrible job what's your worst job elise i don't know i never really had like an awful job i just had jobs i didn't like love as much as others like right when i got out of high school i was i did not know what i wanted to do i didn't want to go to school i didn't want to i didn't know anything i knew zero things and your dad got me a nice job i mean your dad was very nice to get me he referred me to this like cater waiter service so essentially it was like you just are hired to like you know password d'oeuvres at parties or like serve wine or whatever clear and so I worked for this company that like had like a lot of stations. So like you were the designated servers for like the hockey hall of fame or for certain law firms and for RBC. And I was really not good at that job. Like I was good at like chatting to people and be like, hi, would you like this little crudite dip? But I wasn't really like good at it. Like there was this guy named Ricky who later I came to really like, but I fucking hated Ricky because every time I'd walk past him, he'd be like, tuck your shirt in more move the dip to the other side. You're carrying that wrong. Like he would just walk past me and just like criticize me constantly to the point where I would like take different routes around a venue. Cause I'd be like, I just don't want to pass Ricky. I don't want him to say something to me. Um, but I realized later as I got to know him, it was like a lot of tough love, but like I met a lot of like, I liked a lot of the people I worked with, but I hated the work. Cause it was like a lot of nights. It would be like, you know, like Friday night, Saturday night, Tuesday nights, you're like working this law firm for like people that are just like absolutely wasted after. And you just see how much like money and things were wasted. And I just like walk in circles and you get to that point too, where it's like people, they don't want food anymore. They just want beverages or the night's ending up, but you still have to like clear a tray every 10 minutes. You know, they're like, go get this, go get this. So I found that really boring, but that job also had uh, a station with RBC. And so at, once I started going to RBC, cause I'd opened a new building, I started, I made a lot of friends at RBC and so then they would request me. So then I'd be like, it got to the point where I never worked other gigs. I only worked at RBC as like their waiter. And then I would do events and then I got really good at events. And then eventually long story short, RBC just hired me to do other office work. So it was a very smooth transition. And by that point, like my boss had like forgotten I even existed. He just like mailed me a check every once in a while because like RBC would bill him my hours. Like I don't even think he could have pointed me out at a crowd because we like no longer interacted. Like all of our communication went through RBC. Mm-hmm. So like I didn't need to talk to him about anything. I didn't need to ask him about anything. There was no communication between the two of us. And so then when I quit, he was like, who are you? <laughs> like, <laughs> like Sarah will not be using as my middleman anymore. Yeah, exactly. He didn't care about me at all. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. And then I worked at RBC and I really loved that. Cause like I was talking to one of my new coworkers about this now that like, that was my first like real corporate job because we were opening a brand new building. So all of these people had never worked together either. Like we were all a brand new team starting from the ground up. So we really got to like get to know each other and like trauma bond in a way. Like, and I don't mean to use that term loosely, but I just mean that like we were going through these really crazy things all together and there weren't any like pre-existing dynamics or this person isn't like this person or whatever. It was like, we're all learning about each other. Um, and like, yeah, like my best friend was Kevin, who was like, you know, 45 year old dad of two that would commute in from Ajax every day. And my other best friend was like Vedrana, who was like, you know, this like woman in her 40s from Croatia. And like we all had these like really different backgrounds. And I really loved that job. I love the people. And then and then I went to school. I did other stuff. But then I guess for like a little blip, I worked at Loyalty One, which is like a similar job to my RBC job. And I didn't love that job. And I loved some of the people. But it was this weird feeling I had where like I'd go to work every day and I didn't dread it. But I wasn't excited. But I kind of was like, I know this job is going to end and I just don't know how. I was like, I don't really see myself being fired because I don't like make enough stir that I need to be fired but I don't think I'm going to quit because it's like stable pay. It's not too much work and it's pretty easy going and it's flexible. So I was like, I just don't know how this job ends, but I know it ends. And then the pandemic happened and I was like, Oh, this is how it ends. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah. You were talking to me about that. Not your new coworker. 
And also the new co And also the new coworker. Okay. No, I was talking to my new coworker about like how when I started at RBC, it was like a whole new team. Oh. Like I wasn't having to jump into a pre-existing group of people. Okay. To cap things off, I thought I would just end with like, what is a job that you've always wanted necessarily like, but like a job, not like a career or like just like a job that you thought that was like, oh, that would be such a cool job or like bug escort. Okay. Bug escort or like a <laughs> job that you, <laughs> that you wish you had that not necessarily in any realm that you could go and get now. If there are any, like for me would be like working in uh, a small bar as a bartender. Are you kidding? That's wildly attainable and you could do that at or like any owning moment. A bar. Do that tomorrow. You could literally yeah, I, do that right now. But I can't do it. I don't think I can handle it. You can't handle you can't handle the late night. You can't handle pouring beer into a glass. Nope. I'm sure I could. That's always a job that I thought would be really cool, but yeah. I don't I don't necessarily think that I would want you to. You like the do idea of it more than like the, the actual like the mechanics of doing it. I cannot it. believe that like that's your unattainable job that you would like to do. It's not the one. It is one. I, is unattainable a okay, part chill of, out over is there. Una, is unattainable a part of the well, answer? Like it have to be unattainable. It can be unattainable. Like I'd also I think it's a love job to that, fly planes, but I don't think yeah, I can fly Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like, I'd love to be like a pilot or an archaeologist. <laughs> yeah. I would love to. I'm not. I'm just not smart enough or focused enough to be an archaeologist, but I'd love to do that. Another thing that I would really love to do, but I think it would wildly change the course of my life, it is to be a crime scene photographer. Mm, I'd love to do that. I can see you doing that 100%. Yeah, it'd be pretty rough, the shit you have to see, but I would really like that job. I think it would fuck me up in ways I wouldn't know, but... I'd want to um, own a bookstore, but a bookstore that does like a lot of author visits and talks, and then I'd want to interview the authors as well. Like Indigo. Oh. That's a career. That's not just like a job you show up for. That's a Owning good a bookstore? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a that's a job. I sure. guess it, yeah. It could be a job. I don't want to be a I don't want to like be the salesperson who's like sell books day in, day out. Well, I, like I want to like curate a book collection. To me, like a job is like I work at the gap. It's my job. Like I am an archaeologist. That's a career. Yeah, I guess you're right. My Ooh. job is to show up and dig. Okay, my rush. Okay, Lightly. I want to sell books. <laughs> <laughs> I want to sell books generally. You want to work at BMV? Yeah. Yes. I don't. That that does. That, I feel like that'd be a pretty fun job. BMV. I'd also really be into um, being like a museum curator. Yeah. I would yeah, that would be cool. That. That'd be. Cool that's a lot more like scientific than. I mean, I guess no, that's different. I was thinking restoration. Because restoration is a lot more scientific than you would hope it would be. It's like a lot more chemistry. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so much chemistry. I yeah, mean, it's if like you put all the chemistry. wrong thing on the wrong thing, you've just like incinerated history. Yeah. Uh, no, I want to yeah, like curation. Be an expert be cool. in art history and have to like put on yeah. exhibits. We were watching. Just about to mention that. <laughs> we were watching uh, CBS Sunday Morning, and there's this really interesting piece about how most like um, what is the material. Uh, like sculpture, like marble. Yeah, and like, like marble sculptures, like Michelangelo and like yeah, all the ancient David. Roman and like Greek sculptures. Yeah, they weren't white; they were painted. But it's just the like. So that's been like a huge misrepresentation in history. Is that like all wow. of these beautiful sculptures and things were white, and that like white was the desired color like Mm. that like white is what you're sought after but actually these were very very vividly colored that because obviously like what colors were they using in like you know like 500 bc that are very bright and very like colorful and like Like skin tones like most people were like middle eastern and yeah all of that pigmentation is gone obviously through time so all that is left is just the blank canvas yeah and it's just been wildly misunder misinterpreted so wait, through history because mar- that's just the color of the marble right? yeah. But yeah the paint is flaked off yeah the paint and it was come painted off. originally yeah, all of them were painted there was nothing I that was see. ever just solid white yeah and there's like this unless it was unfinished there's like this german man and his wife and his wife like 
slowly repaints all these like sculptors back to what they were like originally painted. Yeah. And they had like side by side with like what they look like now. It's like now we kind of look at like if you walk through like the the Louvre or whatever, you just see like this hall of kind of white and like kind of beigey kind of marble things. And like you see like in contrast to hers, it's like this one that's like got this like kind of almost like a peacock looking kind of like yeah. dress thing. And it's like it's very like bright. and red. Wow. And all the skin yeah. tones are darker and the hair is dark and everything. Yeah, they all have like black hair and like olive skin, but they're like doing the science behind it and you look like so closely on the porous surface and there's Mm -hmm. like a tiny little, little, little pigment of blue and they take that and they like expand the color and you see that there's like this like weird vial of like a teal color and they're like, that's what this. Why didn't they restore it? Over the years, well, like the they whole, do with that, the 16th chapel. That was their whole like argument. They're like, do you feel like it is like you're kind of like misrepresenting, misrepresenting history by painting these white or whatever. And he's just, well, like, wait, they paint it white or yeah. that's just the natural marble. Well, they paint it white now to like keep, so it looks so good. It looks clean. Uh, yeah. It doesn't look like shitty and falling apart and like discolored. Yeah. And I can't remember what that guy's answer was, but he, they had, he had an answer for why they did it. Yeah. yeah. So now instead this couple makes like replicas and they paint them the way they were meant to be, yeah. the way that they That's were painted. Interesting. Um, I just want to say my last thing here. Sculpture painter. That'd be a cool job. Sculpture yeah. painter. Yeah. Absolutely. CBS Sunday morning host. Yeah. Oh my God, that I'd would like be to a be job. a CB. I think Ellie and I would do a phenomenal job as like a you segment would. producer team. Where we go and eat the cicada b- bug burgers or whatever. Okay. Sure. I want to be a bug escort. And by bug escort, I mean, I want to not only like, I don't want to have sex with bugs. I want to escort them places. Thank you for clearing that up. Yes, I I was very, very worried. I don't want to have sex with bugs. They can have sex with each other, but I want to like help a bug cross the street. Or like, you know, when you see an ant walking on a busy sidewalk and you're like, how the hell are you going to get out of this alive? You're not. Is that a real job? No, but I'd like to be a bug escort. I'd also like to be a raccoon escort. And like, you know, when raccoons get hit crossing the street often uh because one time i was on the phone with elliot and i saw a family of raccoons get hit by a car and i just <gasps> lost it on the phone that's I, a job that sarah meyer did yeah that's like uh like an animal officer like a yeah like animal a, like control an animal, animal control i don't want to control them i just want to like help them cross the street like a crossing guard for animals yeah like yeah. all right you guys come along little family of geese oh you'd like to be a crossing guard but for, for animals. animals, not for children, not for children, people, cars. I don't care how you cross the street. I just want to like in s- your reality, do animals react well to human crossing guards? Well, they would we would like have an understanding like yeah. it would become enough of a popular job that they're like, oh, the person in that flashy vest, they're going to help me cross the street. So Got I should, it. I should Got wait it. for their signal. All those like stream, like the rows of ducks. Did you tell us your dream job? Uh, uh- <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Kate, um, uh, landscaping. I think I would want to be get out of landscaping. here. No, you wouldn't. Yes, I would. It's so much physical work. I You'd know. be a good Anthony Bourdain, I think. Oh, oh, like a not the chef, but like a cook in the, the back who's just like observing everything and writing about it. Yeah, just traveling the world and writing about good food. That would and yeah, having I would love that. There'd be a lot of public speaking though. No, no, like, does he? Not really. He, he just writes. Wouldn't, she wouldn't have to have his career, it like would, his public career. But he doesn't, like, he talks to strangers, but in a very, like, casual way. And he, his crew is, like, very familial. Like, he has, it's the same crew every single time. He, they're his good friends. Like, he's worked with them. So, like, I don't know how often he's, like, nervous. Public. Yeah, like, nervous. Hmm. Well, we'll find out. Yeah. We hope you get there. Folks, let us know what your jobs were like, good and bad. Send send us a message. Comment on our- Send us your resumes. Send us your resumes. Do you want to work here? We can't pay you. We're hiring. We will hire you. Sure. We're hiring. All right, everybody. Keep it loose.